Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jarrett Living Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I was like, oh, well, because I already knew. It's a waste of your time. I already knew if I wasn't going one, yeah. I was going to two with the Jaguars because we had already did the deal. Way before, we had already basically did the deal with the Jags. The Jags and Coughlin was trying to get me to basically tick off the Jets to drop to them at two. Keyshawn Johnson sharing a little draft day stories. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go back and look at what that would look like. Hmm. Brent Martin, former Jags player, Austin Lane. Any of those fifth-round dealings with you? With what? Just trades? Yeah. Bro, the story, man, uh, they traded with Green Bay to get me earlier because there was a thought that I was going to go to Green Bay to play um, instead of Jacksonville. So Jacksonville traded a player uh, with the Oakland Raiders, and then that moved them ahead of Green Bay. Oh, oh, that was the end of – was that the Quentin Gross? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Gross move. Yeah. Um. Do you wish you played in Green Bay? No. Come on, say no. it. No, no, not at all. Um, and it's I mean, funny you wouldn't be here today. No, I wouldn't be here for sure. Um, You'd be at the pickle bartending? I'd be at the pickle. I don't know if I'd be bartending or not, maybe. <laughs> uh, but no, I always said that I wouldn't have lasted even a year in the league if I would have played back home because it just, the distractions. You weren't mature enough. Oh, no. I, I would have been like, you know, after practice, I'd have been in the parking lot doing keg stands because <laughs> my friends had all been up there like, you know, cheering me on. Like, he's a Green Bay Packer and let's do a keg stand. You know, just, it just, it wasn't a, a positive environment for me back then. Yeah, so just get away. Getting away is good. Jacksonville couldn't be any farther away, I feel like, and it worked out for everybody. Uh, that's uh, very, very true. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, welcome in our next guest, and a big congratulations to the Jackson Tigers going to the state championship game in boys' hoops. They got the W this morning. We're welcoming James Collins, head coach of the uh, Jackson Tigers. Coach, congratulations. You've been knocking on this door one more game away, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a tough one today. We didn't play particularly well, but we got the W. Well, uh, that says a lot about your team, that you didn't have your A game and could still get the W, doesn't it? Yeah, but that team played really well. We didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and our defense wasn't that good up front till the last maybe five minutes. So, What does uh, – why – do you think they were nervous? Do you think you just didn't play well? What's what's uh, uh, Can you put your finger a, on it? We didn't play well in that 10 o'clock game. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's always tough to – well, my team has always had problems playing early. That makes sense. Um, and then we couldn't – I think we were uh, like – Three for 19 to start the ball game. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, shots just weren't falling. A lot of uh, it looked like a lot were close, just wouldn't go down. Um, but that's the game yeah. sometimes. Uh, how much does experience help now that you've kind of been here before, though, and, and these guys have played in big games? Uh, I don't know how veteran your team is, but you have been around it, and people around the program, they kind of know what the expectation is. I think experience helps, but when you're in the state championship game, players got to make plays. Mm. And if they don't, you end up losing. Right now, it's out of the coach's hand. I mean, you've seen everything during the year. You've been through, this is our fourth straight Final Four, third straight state, third 
championship game in four years. So these guys have seen everything. You you, you got to make plays. If you don't, you end up losing. Coach, from from a philosophy standpoint, I mean, do you treat this championship game like any other game, or or, or do you kind of remind them like, hey, this is this is what we work for. This is the this is the big one. Um, let's go out there and show them what we can do. Do you do you kind of add the pressure, or do you take the pressure away? Well, I kind of add it and take it away. I let them know that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and not everybody get experience this experience with being in this game. But also, uh, it's just like any other game. It's just there's a lot more riding on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been we we talk about this. This is our ultimate goal every year, and we've been at this thing for four straight years, hoping this year that we close the deal. Do you what makes this team a little bit different? Maybe that you can do that. I mean, you, you talked about the early start and maybe didn't play that well, but seventeen nothing run. I think at some point in that fourth quarter or in that second half, that shows maybe the experience. That's that's winning time, and you guys were able to do that. Is is there kind of an it factor about this this team? Maybe uh, not to take anything away from the others, but maybe that can put you over the top. Yeah, it is. But that's our calling card. Is what we do. We play defense and. That's what really ultimately won us this game to get us that 17-0 run. We wasn't, you, you know, the the mind can be ready to play, but the body is not ready. And this morning, uh, the body didn't catch up till the last six minutes. <laughs> uh, that does happen. Hey, the I think so. There's a couple of things that are interesting here, and you confirm for me. Uh, not an encyclopedia of of the boys' basketball over the years, but '93 was when you took Jackson right as a player. Uh, and won the yes. state championship. Uh, and yes. by the way, I was just the, the funny thing, Coach. I was just talking to John Osher the other day in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, where we brought up your name, and he was he covered you like all the time then. And of course, I wasn't around then. I've been here since '08. But uh, I had to describe to all the people, the new people in Jacksonville, like a local legend, James Collins. Right? <laughs> I mean, uh, your kids that that you're coaching right now, they, they got to probably Google you and, and look up all the articles about you, what you did in the high school days. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something funny. In 93, we played, I think it was Mariana. We we had the worst game of the season. We ended up losing by two. No one could score but Michael Ross and Darren Peterson. No one played good but those two guys. And, And it was like deja vu today for, I would say, 26 minutes. It was like deja vu of me being in that game all over again <laughs> because we sucked for 26 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I know it, God, you're not going to do this to me again. And it wasn't for that run we had. I'm telling you, I thought we was back in 93 in the semifinal game again. And I said in the, in the paper then, I said we had the worst game of the year. We won't have another game like this in a championship game. And need to say we end up winning by like 27. So I'm hoping that these are mirror teams that we end up winning by a large margin on Saturday. That's awesome. Like Somewhere that. in that huddle today, you were looking for Micah Ross again, weren't you? <laughs> and guess who it was? It was Ronald Durham today. Yeah. It was Michael Swift and Ronald Durham won the game for us. A uh, sophomore, Ronald Durham, came off the bench and scored 11 or 13 points. He was four for six from the floor. 
And I, I swear to you not, we had a sophomore, Daryl Peterson, it's <laughs> 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 the same way. And, and, and my, Mike Swift is a junior. Michael Ross was a junior. Wow. This is crazy. I'm, I'm telling you like deja vu. That's, uh, that's pretty cool symmetry there. Uh, and then another note, by the way, I think the last Duval State Championship public school in, in, um, in boys' hoops, I think, goes back to 2004. And so do you feel a little bit of that? I mean, does that mean something to you guys, to this team, to this program, to maybe carry that and, and uh, win the first one in, what would that be, some 18 years? Oh, it means a lot. Uh, you, you ever think that these kids work all these years to be able to be able to say they're a state champion. And you have to think about all the different schools in the state of Florida that will never get an opportunity to say that they were state champions or even play in this game. So it's a blessing to be able to be in this game. And we're just coming out and putting our best foot forward on Saturday and trying to come out with a victory. Yeah, well, we hope you can do that. Uh, James Collins from Jackson High School with us on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Let me leave you with this. Uh, I think you've been over a decade now uh, back at, at Jackson. We just did a lot with Coach Foy and the football team the last year. There's a lot of good things going on on Main Street. You guys helped lead the way and kind of change that with the, the direction of the hoop program and build some momentum and confidence and everything on campus. But uh, – how, how different is it maybe than a handful of years ago, and how much momentum do you guys have over there at Jackson, uh, both from an educational standpoint but also from an athletic standpoint, not just hoops? Well, since I've been there, uh, we've maintained over 3.0 or better GPA since I've been there in academics. Uh, they don't talk about it a lot. Uh, pretty much all my seniors go to college whether they're athletic scholarships or academics. Last year I had five seniors. They all went to school. Five of them went on uh, athletic scholarships. This year we'll have six that'll do the same. So these kids are working really hard on the floor and in the classroom. I've I've had maybe 50-something National Honor Society students in my 13, 14 years I've been there. And what we preach is the total person. We want to be good people, good academics, good athletics. So we work really hard at it, and we'll continue to do that. And I'm really proud of the kids and the work they put in to put this program and the students they've become. Well, you're doing a heck of a job. Keep up the good work uh, on the court, of course, and with the success, but also making a big impact on a lot of kids' lives in uh, Duval County. So uh, good luck on Saturday, man. 12:30 game for the state championship. Hope you guys get it. Thank you. You bet. Uh, Thanks for having me. You bet. That's James Collins from Jackson High School. They win today 58-45, a late run, and got it done, and now they go on to the state championship game in uh, boys basketball in 4A. And, again, trying to win for the first time since 04. And I, I asked somebody this, and I, don't, I wouldn't know the answer. Maybe somebody else will know the answer uh, that's been around for a while in, in uh, boys hoops and um, in the area. 1993, James Collins wins a state championship at Jackson. Mm -hmm. If he wins a state championship this year as a coach, I just can't imagine that's been done very often, especially at the same school, yeah. to win as a player and a coach. I mean, I'm not saying it hasn't been done. It probably I mean, A lot of people go back to their alma maters. So, um, but especially in the public ranks, public school ranks, I'm wondering if that's been done. 
um, recently are around here and even in the state of Florida very often. So uh, that'd be a pretty interesting um, thing to add on the resume as well. Yeah, I wonder what's, what's going to be more rewarding for him. Yeah. You know, being, being a player, being, I should ask him that when I think yeah. of it now. Well, I think, but, I, think, I think you just heard him in that last yeah, part. Yeah. You know, when you get 3.0 and you graduate people. And that's very going, impressive. That's that sounds like that's what's more important to him than even raising the state championship banner, yeah. uh, which shows you the impact uh, these guys have. And, and he's done it. He's been in both spots, uh, drafted in the NBA, of course, played at Florida State, uh, as uh, many people do, do know. But I feel like a lot of times you got to remind folks, it's such a transient market that, you know, we, we've talked to James before on the show as he was in the Final Four and, and trying to win a state championship. But uh, a lot of people in town just wouldn't know that a guy like James Collins, how big he was here. Um, and I don't even know if I, I really don't have the true perspective on, of it, but uh, uh, big, big name back in the early 90s here in Jacksonville and now uh, leading the way for the Jackson Tigers. So uh, good luck to them. Panavidra, by the way, still in action in the final four. Uh, NFEI lost yesterday despite 44 points uh, by one of their stars. And Bradford ends up going to the championship game in one day that Tornadoes uh, got the win in boys hoops so championship season winding down and it's been a successful one we talked a lot about the girls soccer programs last week and now we've got some boys basketball teams trying to win uh state championships out there in uh, lakeland brent martineau along with austin lane and brian middleton here on a uh, thursday edition of action sports shacks on espn 690 a week from the players championship not even really a week from the players championship but the nfl combine continues to take center stage are we missing a position at all for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be looking at, or is this simply offensive line and pass rusher at, at number one? The rest is going to fall into receivers mode. I know a lot of people have attention at tight end. I don't think the draft is going to be a tight end spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to go to free agency there. And yeah. by the way, Trent Polky talked about the room. They like the room that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't say they wouldn't add to it. And yeah. it looks like they will add to it. But I think they're going to add to it with a veteran player because there are so many free agents out there. Um, I mean, it really lines up like the Jags at the number one spot are going to take either an offensive lineman or a pass rusher. And then at 33, they're going to take a wide receiver. Like, that's the way I feel like the draft is going to unfold for them. Here we are almost two months out. Yeah, I mean, I think so as well. Um, If you do have the number one pick, you don't trade down. It's definitely going to be offensive lineman or or edge rusher. You know, I mean... you know, I, I get, you know, you might want to go secondary safety. It's just, it's, you're not going it's, Kyle it, Hamilton. It's, it's, in other it's words. not, fe- it's you're not, not reaching for no. a wide receiver. No, no, it's not feasible. Uh, anybody else come into play at 33, or do you think they really have to then target a wide well, receiver? Or do we so not notice you, the, do we know that answer yet because of free agency? So let me ask you this. In this draft class right now, the way you, that you see it, who's the best wide receiver? Oh, boy. Uh, I'd you, probably you, make you, well, you just answer my question. Yeah. Right? Because there, there there's not a bone. I mean, people Burke. Can, people can say Wilson, Burke, um, you know, I mean, even Jameson Williams, you yeah, know, Jameson it might Williams be coming off yeah, the come up there. People like a London yeah. out, of, out of USC. Yep. So, but the, you answered my point, though, where it's like, we don't really know who the top guy is. Now, that's not to say, I mean, that hasn't panned out before. Like, DK Metcalf wasn't necessarily the top guy, yeah. but he's one of the better ones now, obviously, in the NFL. So, I'm not saying where, you know, the, the, the guy that's second or third taken is going to be, you know, the worst. He could be the best. But I'm just saying there is no bona fide, at least the way I look at it right now, top wide receiver. You know, like, there's, there's not a... You know, like a, like a guy could be like the next Devonta Adams, or the guy could be like the next uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know what I mean? Like, no Jamar Chase. There's, 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 thank you. 
Exactly. Well put. There is no Jamar Chase right now. Yeah. So, but a few years ago, remember it was like 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that mix. It was like the Jerry Judys and, sure. um, well, it's, but there were like three receivers taken well, in like a, like a, even C.D. Lamb was in that mix. You had, had Lamb, Rager, you had, had Justin Brown. Jefferson. I don't know if that was that, that year, but I think that was later. Um, yeah, but, I don't think it was that year. But it, like yeah. the Jefferson year, you had six guys, I think, go between like pick number, let's call it eight and 22. Sure. Something like that. Uh, I just it think could that, be that kind of draft. No, I hear you. But if you're talking about the number one overall pick, I mean, is there a, a legit bona fide number one overall receiver? And I think you make arguments for a couple of guys. So if you have that conversation, then I'm, I don't think so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just trying to think where else could they surprise us? And I mean, you're not going running back, right? You're not going quarterback. You're not going tight end. You're not going. I mean, we could add offensive linemen like a center or something. You're not doing that. Uh, could you go interior defensive lineman? Is there somebody that sticks out? Jordan Davis at, a, at the top? No, no not going no, number one. No, there. no. And so you're not going corner. You don't need that. You're not going Stingley or somebody. I mean, it really just doesn't jump out as a need for the Jags. No. They they could they could add depth to their corners, but not. They don't need that. You're going edge offensive line with the first pick of the draft. You're trading down, and then I think that opens the possibility to wide receiver as well. Wide receiver, or then a Kyle Hamilton or somebody like that saying he's the best player yeah. in the draft if, in your mind. See, that's the Poss- only thing I've floated out there. If you need blue chip players and you say Kyle Hamilton's the best player in the draft, we have the highest rated dra- guy in our draft. See, I just don't think the Jags will allow themselves to talk themselves into that mm-hmm. because you're not taking a safety number one, especially but, since you're kind of okay there right now. Yeah, but Hamilton's going to go top five. So more more than likely. It looks so, like it. so if that's the case, though, I mean, for a team to trade up, what, two or three or maybe four spots, like what, you get an extra second yeah. round. You know, I mean, it's not going to be that much. I mean, listen, I think so, it's clear as day. It's not going to be trading. Like, there's nothing to trade for. Yeah. Can he pick his eight and a half size hands? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, get off his hands, man. Leave <laughs> that guy alone. No, but seriously, like, they're... Like, I think we should just stop talking about trading. Like, we should go to this draft and be like, trading is not an option. Yeah. Because, like, you're not allowed to. Like, yeah. there's a lock on the number one pick. Yeah. Like there was last year. One, because you didn't want to move mm-hmm. out of Trevor Lawrence. But this year, you're not going to get anybody to move. There's not going to be a dance partner at number one. Like, you right. talk all you want. You say open for business, all that stuff. But Trent Polky knows it now. He's not getting a dance partner you, there. I'm just saying you better leave Kenny Pick alone with his hand size. <laughs> Dude, if we would have had the show back when Tom Brady was running the 40-yard oh dash in the shuttle, you imagine? we would have ripped him apart. And then how dumb would we have felt when he yeah. became the greatest quarterback of all time? I'm not ripping so him. I'm just I'm saying not. if his hands were bigger, there's a chance somebody that- would trade up for him. Okay. Now there's no chance. Okay. Dude, I hope we're gonna, gonna dead hey, bowl. I, I hope he I'm wins ten Super pick. Bowls now, man. Just, just despite you. The door is locked at number one. You think so? Yeah, it's locked. Like, there's no chance of a trade happening. No chance. No chance. Oh, here comes. I, I can see another apology coming. No chance. I can, you, you said the exact same thing, and now we're sitting here waiting for your apology with Trent Baalke. You want to sit? You want to do this again? You want to do this again? Yes, I do. So you're gonna put everything on it. Yes. There is no chance the Jacksonville Jaguars will trade out the number one spot. That's it. Okay. I'll let you dump a bucket okay. of mayonnaise over me. Well, you, you still have a table to go through, sir. Okay. Right. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six nine. four lost doubles this past season, guys. So you're going to want to look at the tape. Uh, hand size measurement is part of the discussion, but there's other factors to it as well. And I think so much is made of it. You know, like when you do someone's height, sometimes they're taller in the morning than they are at night. So certainly everyone's going to talk about the magical nine-inch hands, but he's a good player. He'll be a good player for a long time at least. 
That's your guy, Mike Tannenbaum. So it's going to be horrible. Great. I don't understand all the disdain for Tannenbaum. Because he called the Jacksonville Jaguars the Golden State Warriors. He might be right. He's not alone. Plus 1,100 to plus 750 yesterday. Yeah. And then I saw sure. something else today. The most likely team to follow in Cincinnati's footsteps, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Seven hey. teams to watch, the Jacksonville teams, Jaguars. Okay, here's the thing. And I saw that too. Like, teams make the most improvement. Could you be any worse than last year? Yeah. No, no, honestly. Well, I mean, could we well, have the year through, prior? Okay. Well, yeah, but you were we were cheering for that. Could you? Could it be worse yeah. than last year? I, I, I highly so. doubt it. I don't know, but my buddy Mike DeRocco said last time I told him, I said, "Mike, it can't get any worse." He's like, "It can always get worse." I said, "Mike, it can't get any worse." And then we had the coaching search. Yeah. I just, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go on a limb here and say it's not going to be as bad as last year. Uh. Well, listen, I would take that, too. Oh, okay, well, I'm saying because the, the bar is pretty low is what I'm getting at. But you can't just be, like, two games better for this in terms of improvement. They're, they're banking. They're saying, I'll hey. I'll take it. Hey, I'll take two games right now. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take five. Oh, five yeah. the first year for Doug Peterson? Good-looking offense? I don't know, man. I mean, listen, I had the high expectations of Urban Meyer, okay? And I made that mistake one too many times. I, I'm done doing that. If, if you get me, realistically, if you get me six wins... Parade. I feel like the last time... Circle of Honor. Or the Ring of Honor. The Ron last Peterson. time the Jags were this, like, sexy as, like, a bounce-back or improvement kind of team. However sexy you can be at, like, maybe getting seven or eight wins, I think is what they're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It felt like 2016. Mm. Remember, 16 was the year people started to say that, you know, they got some good players on that defense. Yeah. You know, maybe they take a step this year. Keep an eye on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, then it was 17 where it all happened, of course, and 16 didn't. But Well, and then, see, it reminds me, too, then of 18 when everyone's like, I- I'm going to go on a limb here. Well, that's, but, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be a Super Bowl. No, but I'm saying in terms of the hype, though, in yeah. terms of, like, but the that expectation. that was at least legit hype coming off an AFC championship. Well, I know, but then what happened there? I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. That, that was di- well, no, I'm like, not, there's I, no, there was evidence there, at least. No, I hear the evidence. I'm just saying... I don't like when people want to call it like, ah, the sexy thing is the Jacksonville Jaguars this year because it doesn't always. Doesn't usually work. No. No, that's, I guess that's no. a good point. The last and two like times. Every like, national analyst like, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here, but I think the 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars might. Oh, really? Because it's an AFC championship game in 17. So really, way to think out of a limb. I, they, they should have went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, just you know, keep the Jaguars out, out of your mouth through the national media and just let them be successful eventually. So what would seriously be a big improvement? I think six wins. Like, you think that's satisfying, six wins? I'm not saying it's satisfying, but it's a big improvement. I mean, like, you, you're not going to be satisfied with well, yeah, going okay, six so, and 11. Well, no, I know. It doesn't but, look good. Well, but, but you, if we're sitting here and they go six and 11, would you be like, hey, they're, they, I saw some stuff that's going to, you can maybe flip that you to 10 and to. 7 the next yeah. year. I think so. You, you'd have to. So you'd be almost satisfied, not satisfied, but you'd be like, okay. I can sign up for what Doug's doing, what Trevor's doing. Is that enough? I mean, has Trevor shown enough if he's only winning six games, or does he have to win even more games? No, I think six games is it's an improvement. All I need from the team right now is an improvement. All right, I'm I I, I got to start being a realist again, and I got to stop being an you know I, I can't think of sunshine and rainbows. I think if you win six games, it's improvement. Assuming Trevor looks a lot better. I, I wouldn't be the most mad at that. I, I guess if you're playing in close, meaningful games. Like, what do you think? Like, what do you want to see from this team to say, all right, this is working? 
Well, I, I really do think the Jaguars, if they are going to spend, okay, okay, and if they have Trevor and they're developing him and he's taking a step where we want to see this, and if last year was such a dysfunctional mess that it probably cost you a, a game or two in the NFL just from being prepared. Hmm. Um, I actually think you've got to get more to like a seven or eight win kind of year because what that would do to me is, and by the way, I think it's important how it comes. Like, I don't think you can be, uh, let's do the math quick, uh, three and 10, 13 weeks in toward the, like around Thanksgiving or early December and then win your last four and get me excited at seven and ten. Now, I'd probably still be pretty excited that they won their last four games at seven to ten. I would but be excited, I suppose, like winning the first four games and going on a losing streak. That's true. But yeah. I would like, I think the thing for me, Austin, is there's so many teams now go the postseason. You got 14 teams. You don't even have to have a winning record to be in the mix. And so I would like by early December to be like maybe in the hunt graphic, even if it's deep down in a long shot. Like maybe have I, I think the way the thing is set up now that uh, the Jags being six and eight with three games to go, mm-hmm. and you get the idea that hey, if they win the last three games, they might get in. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't, they go one and two, and it feels disappointing. Well, I think that's like a win. Like I, <sighs> I think to feel that would be yeah. good. So I feel so pretty, Brent. I mean, six I just, and eight. I feel if they end up six and eleven, I'd probably feel different. But if they end up, if they were six and eight, get to your six wins, right? Okay. But then add one more and go one and two down the stretch because they played a couple good teams, or maybe it was injuries or whatever. Seven and ten. Then I think again, I feel better about it. You should almost every team should now be in the mix in late November, early December, the way this thing's set up, in sure. my opinion. And and the Jaguars haven't even sniffed that yeah. for the most part. So I think that would be. A win to me, but I also think it's a feasible, reasonable expectation when you have all this money, you have a nucleus that's been pretty young and you've drafted them, and you're also going to have some pretty high draft picks again, and you have a coach that's supposed to know how to win in the NFL. So I feel for you, man. Uh, Brent, I feel for you, dude. You know, I really feel for you because you, you, you get your hopes up, you know, you and, get my hopes and, up at and seven and ten. And, uh, yes. Seven and yes. ten. That's like a four-game improvement. Hey, hey, man, where have you been the past five years? What team have you watched the past five years? You mean to tell me that seven and ten isn't a miracle in this team right now? What, what have you been watching? Jags went plus seven from 16 to 17. Okay. Brent, I'm just saying if they win six games, I'll be happy. That's me. You can hope for eight, seven, eight games. Hope they go to the playoffs. That's your sunshine and rainbow talking. My question to you is, what have you been watching the past couple of years? You have dreamed big? No. Man. Not, not this team. No, because I've gone down that road. I was optimistic about Urban Meyer and I got burned. I'm not getting burned again. This is realist, Austin, from now on. I'm not getting any more sunshine and rainbow bandwagons. No, this is, this is the real talk, Austin. And I think if you win six games this season, uh, this up-and-coming season, I'll be impressed. No, I wouldn't be. Okay, cool, man. Middleton, where are you at, man? How many wins do you need out of this team to feel pretty decent? Like, okay, it's 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 a step we in the do right direction. Every single time, oh, I think they're going to be good this year. Like, no, we don't. Come on, man. We we did it last year. I said six we did wins it. last year. We did it last year. I, I said and you, and six you wins. Said Urban Meyer is going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL in a couple of years. How is that uh, panning coach, out? Coach. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel that, that yeah. did not work out. Okay, well. then. <laughs>
<laughs> well, he might, but it's not for the Jags. <laughs> yes, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that ship is sailed. Maybe he's on like one of the top five coaching staffs. Go ahead and give it to us, Brian. No, for sure. Go ahead and give it to us, Brian. What do you think? Jake was going to Super Bowl. Or what? what do you got, man? Uh, AFC Championship. Yeah, game. there it is. You know, <laughs> you know might as well. Hey, in all seriousness, LeBron's though, leading the parade. There we go. Uh, in all seriousness, though, five wins for what's gone down the past couple of seasons, especially. Preach. I think you have to take that as a win. I was, I was one of the few people what who have said... What have you been... Wa- sorry, Brian, go ahead. I was one of the few people who said, and I argue with Casey about this on OT all the time. I'm like, listen, the Jazz won one game last year. You got three. Mm-hmm. I know it was terrible all the way through, but Preach. you're 300% better than you were last year record-wise. Thank you. Take the wins where you can get them, man. So five, if they get seven, that, that's like the Super Bowl mm-hmm. right now. Come because on. that is... Such a big improvement from where they at and all the dysfunction that they've had. So Brian's on fire. Five's the number for me right Brian's now. Brian's on fire. Brian's killing it. How much is Trevor Lawrence growth and development? And if he takes a step, and I'm not saying he takes a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson year two MVP step. I'm saying he takes like a step in the progression. How many wins is that worth here's, in itself? Is that worth a issue. win or two? Here's the issue. You, I don't know what you're trying to do. You're trying to compare this to Cincinnati Bengals, and it's no, not, not even close. No, that's what everybody else is doing. Comparing them to Cincinnati Bengals would be like they're going to win the division, they're going to make a playoff run. I'm not trying to do that. Okay. All I'm true, doing, trying to say is can they be in the mix in early December? And I think five wins and six wins is, is too low of a bar to say I'm hat Like, that's we a know, step. Like, we that's know what not Trevor is. Yeah, I know. That's so, what I'm at. Like, I think yeah, he's going to take a step. That's worth a game or two. I think the dysfunction's worth a game. I think adding ETN and draft picks and, and free agents could be worth a game or two. Okay. Get to seven, like a four game. They won three games in all this mess. It felt almost worse than the year prior when they won one. Mm-hmm. And they won three. And they lost to the Houston Texans twice of all teams. I mean, I don't see why this – I think the reasonable expectation for this team is to be – at least like so, six and eight in early December and win seven games overall. And honestly, I don't even think eight wins is out of the question. I'm not going to get into a winning record, but I think eight wins is, is not out of the question. So let me ask team. you this right now. Where they sit right now as a roster, where does this team rank in terms of a roster? I don't mean about the coaching, the culture. As a roster right now, where is this team at? It's pretty bad. It's in the bottom five. Okay. Now, they do get ETN back. I hope he makes a difference. Um, but yeah, as it sits I, right now, you got to hope they make. I again, I mean, I don't I'm, go off hope, man. Um, I'm going off facts right now. Well, they, they, you know, they have him though that they didn't have last year, so they have okay. somebody on offense. Sure, that can be a weapon. No, we don't know what he's going to be. But no, we don't. Okay, uh, but I'm just saying that improves your roster having Etn on it rather than on the sideline uh, than it was all of last year. And again, man, if they're going to spend now. If they're not going to spend and they're going to couch it for another couple of years, then maybe I'll be on board with you guys. But if they're going to spend money and go get a couple of blue chip guys, like I think they might, and then you add some draft picks and then you get some growth out of your guys that you're already invested in, seriously, right, like on. a four-game improvement is not you that answer the question. What, where do they rank right now in terms of – I already of, did. You but missed where? the answer. I said bottom five. Bottom, but I'm saying where. Where exactly in the NFL? Like 28, 29, 31, 31, 30, 29, 20, 28. Just give me a number, 28. Okay. So then what, are, what do they have to do to move up five spots? You think if they add three free agents and they draft well, they're going to do that? Yes. Now, how, when have they drafted well? With Trent Bulky. They've had one year of Trent Baalke. But I'm saying Trent Baalke's history. When has he drafted well? Like, Back in like 2012. Okay. One out of what seasons? <laughs> so no, no, my question is, how confident are you in the draft? 
I think they're going to get a good player at one. Okay. And I think they'll get a good player at 33. Okay. That will help them. Okay. And then in free agency, how many guys are they getting in? Two. So those two guys and those three guys are going to obviously start right away. Two guys and two guys. And they're going to start right away. Well, the free agents will. Yeah. And the draft picks will. And that's going to be propel them from a roster that was 28-29, and now it's going to be like 24 I add, I add ETN, and then I add step from Trevor Lawrence, and yes. Okay. It's going to add them to, they're going to be, the, at the end of it, they're going to be the 20th best roster. Okay. And they're going to be 7 and 10. Mm. And maybe even 8 and 9. Mm. I don't think, I, you guys set the bar too low. I don't think you've been we watching this team the past couple of years. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I don't like either one of you guys. <laughs> Driving in, floats it off the room. Oh good! With 1.9 seconds to go, the Bucks have taken no the one-point lead. Here's the three-quarter court shot. It's no good. The Bucks have scaled the mountain. Drew Holiday with the game winner. Oh yeah, we just had to get Austin in a better mood. Bring it on. Oh, I'm in a good mood, man. Not a good mood about the 76ers though. Hey, James Harden, calm down. They're good. You've been watching them? They're good. I saw Kuz say, I know, first of all, first impressions of the whole Sixers thing has been very good. Yeah. But Kuz said the only thing you could give them uh, a little grief about is they haven't really played anybody yet. Yeah, but that doesn't matter, though, man. It just like, looks good, right? Well, the, I mean, the, I was questioning the chemistry of, of a James Harden and an Embiid. How's that going to work? Because they're two alphas, and it's working like you wouldn't believe in the first three games I've watched him play. So, yeah, Sun Sixers are going to be a team to beat, I think, now in the East as well, which is an unfortunate because that makes it harder for the Bucs. Um, are they, like, better than the Bucs with James Harden? Too, no, no. I mean, it's so too early to tell. Okay. You know, I mean, you, just because you play in three games doesn't mean, you're, like, you're, you know, you've figured everything out. But I'd, I'd say this is, the Sixers are off to a great start. How good are your Bucks? Hard to tell, too, because they're not healthy. I mean, they've been with Brooke Lopez. They haven't had Connaughton or Brooke Lopez pretty much the entire season, who are two big contributing guys. Um, I think if they can be healthy, if they can come back 100%, they're as good as anybody in the league. But there's a lot of good teams out there right now. The Bulls are great. Um, they have Heat playing very well. Uh, Celtic, Boston's starting to make a run a little bit. So I was a little surprised. interesting. They have Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think they have Jason Tatum. Uh, I was, I was surprised at that when I watched that Bucks game, mm-hmm. um, that he was able to get to the basket so easily there, mm-hmm. in that on that last drive. I mean, it was like hardly any friction. Yeah, that's still a good shot to finish. But great, great, great shot to finish. Yes. Um, you know, I'm reading tweets, and I just got a little fired up over this in the break. Okay. Apparently, like, Maryland is chasing after Rick Pitino. Yeah. I kind of forgot about Rick Pitino, but he's at Iona. As did I. <laughs> and he's done a good job, but... And Pitino, actually, now I'm looking it up, he tweeted. Who does this? He tweeted, the University of Maryland is one of the premier institutions of higher learning. Its basketball program could be among nation's best. I hope they find the next great Gary Williams. I love coaching at Iona, and I'm totally committed to my players. It will not be me. So I guess so I, there you go. I didn't know that, but I guess it was heating up to the point that he had to do that. Yeah. But hey, Maryland, why? Like, why? It's a name. Did says Maryland need a name? Like, 
I mean, maybe they do. When, when has Maryland been relevant in college basketball? The past decade. They, they had a mess, like, with the last guy, with Turgeon or something, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, to your point, I don't pay attention to Maryland basketball very much. But Gary Williams probably was the last time. I actually thought Patino was older. He's 69. I thought he was even older than that. And listen, I think Patino's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Patino from my Providence time. It, that has waned over the years, given all this, the things. But I yeah. uh, always have a uh, soft spot in the heart for uh, former PC Friar head coach. Mm-hmm. 1987, took him to the Final Four. Providence was rocking. Now Ed Cooley's got him rocking again like that. But I look at this situation, I'm like, are you telling me there's not enough good coaches out there, young up-and-coming coaches out there, people that don't come with the baggage Patino comes with out there? And if you're in it for the long haul in Maryland, are you in it for just like a two-year, three-year thing? I mean, how much longer is Patino going to coach? So it's just like, to me, that was crazy that Maryland was even interested in him, at least to that degree that he had to come out and say something. Um, I've heard actually they're interested in somebody said interested in Ed Cooley, the Providence coach. That makes some sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was a little surprised by Patino's name. I, I didn't think Patino would ever get back into the, like the ACC, Big Ten, like one of those schools. He's at Iona. The Mac is pretty good. It's they, they like their basketball there. Yeah. But to me, that's like a safe place. It's far away. It's kind of like nobody's really talking about you day in day out on the national scene. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe he can get away with stuff there <laughs> at Iona, or maybe he's learned his lessons. But yeah. um, I just didn't think he'd even get a chance at the well, – that was surprising to see that, I guess. Yeah, see, to me, I mean, I, I'm not as surprised because I think Maryland's always been a program that's really underachieved in terms of expectations. Um, and when you talk about college basketball, you need one of two things. Either you need great recruiting classes or you need a great system. Maryland doesn't really have a great system. And the recruiting classes, I mean, I think they're ninth or 10th in the Big Ten. I mean, Patino's obviously number one in, in his conference. What conference they even in again? Okay, the MAC. The MAC, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, he's number one in the MAC in terms yeah. of recruiting. M-A-A-C. Uh, there you go. So I think when you have a, a school like Maryland who, you know, doesn't really knock your socks off in any terms of, of, a, of a category, you do need some lifeblood. You do need an injection of something else. And I think they thought maybe Patino could be that guy. Yeah. Um, you're all right, though. I mean, you think about programs that, are irrelevant that used to be relevant in Maryland kind of is up there now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. And I, I'm not saying you need the recruit. Like, look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't have the recruiting classes, but they have the system. Maryland doesn't have either. Yeah. So it makes it hard. Yeah. And Maryland's had some turmoil and everything else too. I, that's why when you have turmoil though, you bring it in. But I just question these ADs. Like it's, I get the win now and people are mad and the boosters. See, this is all driven by boosters. Like go get somebody. Sure. Right. It's go get Patino. I'm mad. I want to win right now. Who cares about what we look like? Who cares about five years down the road? If we win, it will solve everything. And that's where that stuff comes into play. But I don't know. If you if you have a vision at all, I just don't know how Rick Pitino could be kind of in your vision of building Maryland to what you think it can be. Or well, should let be me ask everything. you this. What, what would you say if Maryland went after Urban Meyer in football, college football? What happened if Maryland comes out and says we're interested in Urban Meyer? What would you think? Uh, probably different. Really? Um, in one way, because, and I know they've had a couple of good years, Jimbo Cavanaugh, if you jump in on the Maryland thing, but Maryland football is really irrelevant and kind of has been irrelevant mm-hmm. and outside of a couple of little runs. Sure. So 
maybe that ignites it. And plus, again, Urban Urban is a lot younger. So you could at least be in it for the long haul. Like a little of this bothers me because you're basically renting Patino for a couple of years but and you, not building something. But you one would think you could have a lot longer longevity in basketball than you well, could coaching football. Yeah, I mean, Shashevsky uh, and those guys. Yeah, are, yeah. But it's still... He's gonna be seventy. I mean, it's you're not. It's not like you're gonna go on a six to seven, eight to ten year run with him. You could do that, sure. Essentially, with with Urban, um, I'd probably still criticize it though. I, I don't. But like, I'm, see, Maryland basketball used to be a thing. Like uh, Gary Williams had him as a thing. Yeah, but that was and a long so, time ago. Yeah, and so yeah, it was I a mean, long time ago. Yeah. But like, I can still remember it. Okay. Um, what's like Maryland football? Like Lefty Drizel or something like. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. But see, uh, I just think that if you have the tra- like, see, the reason I ask the question is this: because Urban Meyer has won at the collegiate level. So even though the future sales basketball, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so Urban Meyer has won at you know the highest level in college. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of years teams are interested in him again, just because you know you can win. Rick Pitino has had a lot of success at the collegiate level. So like, I'm not surprised that regardless yeah. of the bad optics. Uh, a team would try to take a chance on him. And I will say this about the difference between Urban. He's never been, there's no rule violation on Urban. Like, I mean, yeah, but you know, it comes yeah, but with like a, a whole investigation. No, for him. sure. There's a rule, but what's worse, a rule violation or a culture violation? Well, that's fair enough. But I'm like, Patino has both. How do you, I mean, the culture, what? Well, the culture, yeah, the whole Louisville thing shooting? was culture and NCAA involvement. Okay. It was a little bit of everything. Okay. So, I got to go find like a good. When was Maryland football good? Now it's going to bother me. I'm going to look it up. Uh, find out when Maryland basketball was good too. Because I don't remember. It. <laughs> Seriously, at least you've heard of Gary Williams. I uh, don't. <laughs> you remember the little guy? The little guy. No. You don't remember? Mm-mm. It's tiny. He's yeah, always I like. Look. I don't think he ever smiled. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think he ever smiled. Okay. Uh, look back. Action Sports Chat on ESPN six ninety. Football at five, including Maryland football success. Coming up next on ESPN six ninety or lack thereof.